it's, it's always sounds like negative, but you almost want to do like um, the least amount that's still going to allow you to progress. Because what that's doing is also allowing you to manage fatigue. It's going to reduce risk of like any type of setback or injury. So it's going to allow for more consistent progression over a long period of time. And if you want to get to like an elite level, or if you want to reach every goal you ever write down, being able to be consistent is going to be the number one variable. Like It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters, which suddenly appeared in the atomic area, will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my God. Two, one, we gone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of the First Sit Podcast. Today's guest, we have the owner of Power Build Gym, which is a self-proclaimed East Coast Mecca, has been seen on the Sports Center Instagram and is straight up blowing up through influencers all throughout the fitness realm on Instagram, social media. He is also a certified personal trainer and a strength coach from a powerlifting standpoint. Owner of the East Coast Mecca, Colin Whitney. What's up, man? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Welcome. Yeah. Um, so getting, just to let everyone know, getting Colin on was <laughs> uh, a difficult task because, like I said, he has been blowing up. Power Builds brand is everywhere. The guy probably is getting, I don't know, thousands of DMs a day, and he just wouldn't answer me. So <laughs> we're, we're happy to have him here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. I appreciate the persistence, man. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of running around right now. Obviously, um, you know, I started with the one gym, which, you know, it's a little bit smaller, but it's still a lot of work in itself. And then the newest gym, <clears throat> I guess we're, uh, you know, we're kind of throwing this East Coast Mecca out there um, is the new location, a lot bigger. It's, yeah, it's, it's been it's been growing quick, which is awesome, um, but obviously definitely needs a lot of attention as well. So mm-hmm. we're here. We're here. So, oh, we, we, like we told you, we started our episode. What are you sipping on for today's podcast? Oh, I mean, with running around all the time, you need some caffeine in you. So basically, <laughs> always running on a high level of caffeine. So we got 3D energy right now. Just one of the drinks that we carry at the gym. Mm. Big believers in caffeine over here. Yeah, yeah. What do you got, Kembe? We have the uh, Vibal tea. We got the pomegranate flavor today. Mm. Vibal energy tea. So we're, we're strapped with some caffeine. This is a what we call this is a super green tea, right? A super green tea. Yeah. It's a, well, it, it's a, yeah. It's, it's green tea extract. Yeah. 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 So, um, but with this, like you're saying, I'm interested though in the 3d because, you know, I'm a big fan of like Christian Guzman, you know, what he's got going on there with Alpha Lee and Alpha Lynn. Have you guys ever done any like business together? Like any? No, yeah, no real, uh, interaction with him. Um, I recently visited Alpha Land. Oh, no kinda, way. yeah, we, um, we went down, I had a client competing at Powerlifting American Nationals, which was in Austin, Texas. And with making the trip to Texas, we figured we might as well make it worth it. There's a lot of cool gyms down there. Obviously, Alpha Land being one of them, they're out of Houston. So we kind of just made it like a little Texas tour, basically, of like all the coolest gyms that we could find. So it was sweet. Alpha Land, it definitely lives up to the hype. I mean, I don't know. I've never really been anything in anything like it. <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, it's like it's not even it's not a gym. It's more of like a compound, like multiple buildings, multiple gyms. Like the entrance feels like you're walking into more of like a hotel, like a luxury hotel. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah, I've been following along the videos, and it's it's cool to see like what they're building down there. But I mean, going back to Power Build, it's 
that's why when Albert told me that he was working out at Powerball, now I'm like, wait, that's another gym that I've been following now, you know, on, uh, yeah. on Instagram and seeing that blow up now and gaining a lot of uh, attention. So it's, it's great to finally start having this conversation. But, uh, Bert, you say something? Yeah. I was just going to ask about uh, Alpha Land myself. I didn't know that. You, mm-hmm. I know you guys had went down there. I saw you were touring different gyms, dude. What's the price point. Do you know what he's charging? Yeah, a month? So hundred dollars a month, I believe is like their basic membership option. That's not, ter- that's not terrible. No, honestly, like, like a lifetime cost. I don't know if you know what lifetime's charging. Yeah, okay. I think lifetime isn't a lifetime. Isn't there basic a hundred, maybe more, yeah, right? 150. It's more now. It's like one sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, and obviously when you have like those type of amenities, that's where they can kind of get away with that. It's more of a health club. Uh, Alpha land's kind of similar. Like, I mean, you have multiple gyms there, you have basketball courts, you have, there's like a, a small little like restaurant type thing where you can get food. It's mm. yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. So a hundred dollars, honestly, I think is like pretty fair. They passed over 20. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Oh yeah. So pretty, pretty reasonable. So, I mean, we might as well just dive right in. Obviously you got started with, with the, the flagship power building Conchi, which is still up and running. Why, why'd the move, like what made you go to the new KOP location? So basically what happened with Conchi is Conchi was essentially, that was more so me working for another gym. Didn't really work out. I'm, I'm just, I just have learned over my time here. I don't really, I don't do well, maybe taking orders or like, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I've never been good with that. Maybe a little bit rebellious, I guess. I don't know. Um, so Conchi kind of came out of like, all right, I was managing another gym, basically like running the thing, um, without really any input from the owners or anything like that. And I just, it became more of a hassle of like, it was, I was already self-employed just doing personal training. And I just realized like, I'm putting 50 hours a week into another business. That's not mine that I'm not really making a ton of, a ton of money from. So I was like, I could just do my own thing. And, uh, I already kind of had a little bit of a following and like, you know, the Philadelphia area, I had a lot of clients down this way. I come down this way for meets all the time, like powerlifting meets and, uh, figured it'd be better, obviously being in a bigger market coming down to this area, honestly, just kind of landing it landed in Conchi. It wasn't necessarily like I pinpointed Conchi. Um, and then we were open six months, the pandemic hits and we kind of had to like close our doors, tried staying open basically as long as we could. But it got to the point where like cops are showing up to the door. So we're like, all right, guys, we sent out the email. We're going to have to just shut it down for a little bit. Like a month and a half went by. We reopened early. Um, Essentially just it was kind of like sink or swim. It was like we're either reopening early or there isn't going to be a gym here when it's all said and done. So, I mean, it really turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made, even though it was a little more higher risk, I guess. Um, and then once we reopened, it was just a freaking explosion. Like all of the people wanted to train, found us. We literally increased our memberships by like 200 in a few weeks. It was just insanity because we were the only gym in the area that, that opened up. So high risk, I guess, high reward. And obviously like when we reopened, like we still did it like as safely as possible. We only let like 10 people come in every hour. There was like a sign up thing online and it was still just like a rush. So, I mean, after, after our first full year of being open over there, it was like, funny enough, 
one of the people that came in to join the gym happened to be a commercial realtor. And he was like looking around like, this is, this is crazy. There's too many people here, basically. He's like, do you ever think about expanding? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it of recent. And that's the guy that actually helped me find KOP. And he's still my guy, like with, you know, commercial, anything commercial related. So, um, yeah, we ended up going on a surge. I mean, it took a long time, even though it was a pandemic and there was things, you know, there were some businesses that were calling it and, you know, closing down. There still wasn't a whole lot as far as uh, like commercial space. So it took probably six to eight months to find this. And then it was, you know, kind of closed this deal finally. And there was another probably five, six months till we opened. And mm. now here we are. So, and we're still not done. I mean, Albert knows like he's a member. Uh, we're still continuing to finish this space off. Like we're, we have a lot of plans yet, but it's just, we just had to get the ball rolling. And obviously we're kind of, you know, doing more as we can. So is that part of the plans to continue expanding or do you think you're just going to try to hold on uh, for the two locations for a while? Uh, so you, I definitely want to just get the King of Prussia location finished up. Like we still have a lot of plans for this location. Like um, what? You got a little, you got so, a teaser. <laughs> yeah. So as you know, when you first walk in, like there's still some unfinished like space up front. Like we still have a good amount of room up front. Um, so you're going to see kind of, definitely a big facelift up front. So we're, you know, floors, um, we're looking at, we're going to be adding a secondary space in here about, a, it's going to be about 800 to a thousand square feet. Um, my girlfriend, she actually has like a one chair salon in the other location, in the Conchi location. And right now she's working with like 400 square feet. It's just one small room. Um, and she does like the salon, she does the boutique, she does like tan, she does fine line tattooing. She's just kind of a jack of all trades with all of that. So we're going to actually have her, her own space built. She'll be moving over here. And then we're also going to kind of create like a little bit of a group training area um, right above that. So putting in like a new rig, um, gonna, we're going to start doing some like group training, like intro to powerlifting or like general strength, boot camp, stuff like that. And there's going to be always just some more machines we always want to add. Um, and then the front desk area itself, like we want to still add like the shake bar, the whole front desk, I, I honestly like the whole front desk area. I want to kind of just get custom done almost like new front desk, merchandise displays, you know, little lounge area, a couple couches, um, kind of like a content creator desk. Like I'm honestly kind of stealing this from Alpha Land. So basically when you're in Alpha Land's like lounge area, they obviously have the couches, you know, stuff like that. But then they have these like you know, like those tables in the like airport where you got the plugs, you can like sit down, get some work done while you're waiting for a flight. It's kind of like that, but they have like nicer ones. So I want to put something like that up front. We have a lot of people here, you know, they're doing YouTube, they're trainers, they're doing programming, stuff like that. So um, it'll be like a cool little space where people can kind of come in, maybe you're in between clients, get some work done, you know, buy some snacks from us. So we have, uh, yeah, those are, I mean, that's just a few of the things. So hmm. I like that you brought that up, you know, kind of making it into more of an experience for people who are coming to the gym, because sure. like you're saying, you know, you see that with Alpha Land, you see that with your gym, with Powerland or with Powerbuild. And I think that's something that's really drawing people to it is that it's more than just going to like those regular boutique gyms where you go when you have your equipment and then you're in and you're out. Oh, yep. dude. Right. Like you go there and it's like, you want to, 
not only be around the the equipment, the stuff that's there, but the people. It's the people for that. Right. You can you can look and see. It's when, like that's like why yeah, you when you're in the city, yeah, right. The people who are there yeah. really keep you coming back. But it's like, how do you attract those kind of people? And it sounds like you're trying to like drill down more and more on that. Yeah. How did you? Yeah, that was a question. That's a good like basis. How did you? So you, your guys, I've trained everywhere, all over, like <clears throat> back home. We trained in like, we, we worked at LA fitness together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been like competing in MMA, MMA doing jujitsu for about five years. So I've trained in dojos. You did the culture and power build dude. Like when the whole gym will come to a dead stop to watch one person lift a weight mm-hmm. in like unison. And everyone starts barking. It's like playing high school football again, bro. You get your blood going. How did you get that to that level as the owner? Like what, what set the tone for that? I think it was just um, when I first started having a little bit more of like the first people that joined the gym in Kanji. I mean, they were all people that knew me very well. Like either I was coaching them or they just knew me from like the powerlifting community. So it was already a little bit like, people were coming in and joining that like I already knew. And there was some obviously random, random people I didn't know. They would just kind of come across the gym or maybe they were into powerlifting. But I think that was one of the benefits of having a little bit of a smaller first gym is it was, it didn't matter what you were doing when you came in that day, you were essentially training with whoever else was in the gym. Cause it was just, so it was like, it's a smaller space. You know what I mean? Like the gym floor, you're, you're just right next to everyone. You're going to talk. Even if you are a reserved person, somebody else isn't going to be, and they're going to start a conversation with you. And you're going to kind of like, be like, Oh, okay. Like I, I kind of, I'm into this now. And then once you know, everyone, most people kind of open up and it just, I think it started because it was started small and kind of grew so organically. It just transferred over to King of Prussia as well, which was actually like a concern of mine at first. Cause it was kind of bigger facility we're, we're definitely kind of embodying more of the power build brand over here because you have powerlifting, but you also have the bodybuilding crowd. Mm-hmm. You have the Olympic, you have the strongman, and it's like sometimes the worlds can clash, but I feel like because we kind of did start from like that a little bit of more of a close-knit group, it's just kind of snowballed into the rest of the members, and it just so far it's continued to do so, you know what I mean? So that that's kind of where I put it. I mean, I don't know if there was anything necessarily that I went out of my way other than trying to be inviting and welcoming when people come in, making sure like, you know, I'm great, you know, just greeting people, asking them what they got for the day, making even small talk. And then it, you know, eventually turns into, you know, a, a gym, gym bro, or just, <laughs> you know, you eventually know the person and it kind of creates that real relationship. So I think when you actually, you know, give a shit about the people that are coming in and supporting your business. It actually happens quite easy. And I think there's just, whenever I'm in other gyms or I know, or I hear about other gyms, a lot of what I see that they're doing wrong, it's just the disconnect from like the ownership or the leadership of the gym down to the members. So if the members feel connected to the people who are kind of, I guess, like leading or owners, it just, it makes them feel more part of it. I think. So that's always been something I've like kind of like pride myself on knowing people, interacting with people, keeping people involved, having events where people can come and be a part of something more than just paying a gym membership. So those, those little things. Hmm. And 
I kind of want to go back a little bit. Is there something that you were doing before this, before you were you know, being a business owner, being a PT, yeah. that you kind of pulled some of these values from? Um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it maybe just uh, I've always just, you know, maybe some sports, sports, you know, being involved, always having kind of a close group, group uh, of friends growing up. And then, uh, I don't know, before things started rolling for me, I was in the Air Force for uh, – uh, like five and a half years. And I think just, it's inevitable. They like hammer into you like certain core values that like, I don't even really think about until somebody will like bring it up to like, were you in the military? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I was. And then like, I think about some of these things that I do and I'm like, they're kind of out of the ordinary unless, it, unless you were like in the military kind of like some of the attention to detail. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of little things. <clears throat> it's it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny you went there because that's exactly kind of like why I, I asked the question. You know, you start we've talked to quite a few people. You have a podcast yourself and you talk to enough people and you realize that there's there's something there, right? That you realize that is kind of out of the ordinary. And you kind of want to try to figure out like where did this come from? Right. Because I feel like if we can figure out like where did this come from, how do people tap into these values or these standards or ethics, whatever you want to call them then you can find ways of like replicating that in other areas, right? Or like bringing in more people, yeah. um, just kind of like you say, and building the culture around it. So like you said, people will say like, Oh, you've probably heard a, t- a thousand times out. Oh, you probably play sports when you're younger. Like you carry yourself a certain way. Right. Just like you said, like, Oh, were you in the military? Like, why are you, you know, like that? Like something is different and yeah. something about it, like you said, whether it's attention to detail, it just gets drilled into you and you see it now translating into other areas of life. So that's that's why I always try to like just figure out what that is. What sports you play, Colin? So started way back. A little bit of baseball, wasn't a fan. Stuck with football, basketball up till high school. Uh, just basketball in high school. A um, little bit of rugby in college. I was at like a, one of Penn State's like uh, smaller campuses, Burks. They had like a little club team. I did that for a few years. But um, just yeah, always always lifting like basically once I got into like senior year of high school and then I uh, just kind of ran with that. Yeah, dude. How, then how'd you, yeah, I was going to say, how'd you, the rugby makes sense. Cause I was going to say, how'd you transition yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. from playing basketball to, to hitting 463 on, on, <laughs> as a single on the bench. Basketball players aren't doing yeah. that. Kevin Durant's not benching 185. No, so how'd you get the transition yeah. to the powerlifting? Yeah. As soon as high school was over it was kind of like all right done with I like I was thinking like oh, I'm done with sports because I actually didn't do rugby until a few years I didn't go back to college until I was like 21 I think um but yeah I just like after high school I needed something I've always been somebody that like just kind of needs I guess like an outlet of some kind like sports doing something kind of physical so yeah lifting got my first gym membership the summer after uh high school and then I, I, that was like, you know, again, I, I messed around a little bit in high school with lifting, but once I joined a gym and uh, got around some like real lifters, like big motherfuckers, I was like, all right, like just the competitive kind of juices started flowing. Like I was like, I don't want to be the skinny little dude, right? Like that I was compared to all these other guys. So it was just like started chipping away and wanted to get on their level. So yeah, just obsession ever since really. Dude, that's me in power build. That is how I feel right now, Colin. I, you need that in life, though. Dude, it has helped. I, all yeah. my all my lifts have gone up since I have it in a faster time period than any other gym I I've ever it. been in, just because of the atmosphere. And I'm embarrassed. You like, need. You I need look. To be around, I stand yeah. on the deadlift platform, and I'll mm-hmm. be like pumped, be like I got three reds on. 
thinking I'm yeah. doing good stuff. And I look over the guy next to me has five. And then it's like, wow. And he's doing it for like four. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm shaking. You about to do your one. I'm shaking like Michael J. Fox picking up three. <laughs> that's so, the, the gym will humble you. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah, me. I use the analogy like, uh, you know, yeah. Like how you said, you, you kind of feel like you're at that point now, <clears throat> but you've seen like that type of progress that maybe you haven't seen before. No, that's inevitable. Like you could always join, like there's always other gyms where you could be, like even right now, you could be like kind of one of the, the guys, like you're one of the stronger guys. It's like being a big fish in a small pond. I always tell everyone like power bills, a fucking ocean. Like you're here now with everyone else. This is like, this is where you grow. You want to see how big and strong you can get. Like, this is where you're going to do it. Like, and it's crazy to see it from like young kids all the way up through people who are, who are in their forties and joining like a, a real gym for the first time. And like, the progress is undeniable. Like just literally walking through these doors, you will get stronger. If you just keep coming back, you will get stronger. You'll improve the goals you have. You will be closer to by coming here. It's I'll put my life on it. So, so then let, let's talk about that. Uh, and, and we know that you, you're not, you're not like tight on time at the moment, but I do, I did want to get to some, cause you coach for powerlifting. Yeah. Yep. What are, and we, we had Stefan Hansen and, and we asked her some, some cues and stuff. The, our podcast is based around just wellness, financial, physical, mental, whatever. It doesn't matter. What are some of the cues that you use in your coaching program to make someone progress? Like why would someone use Colin as a coach? What's, what are you great at? Um, I think the biggest thing is understanding, you know, the workload that somebody needs in order to progress is different for everyone. That's the only problem with like going on the internet, typing in like strength training or strength program, and you find like the most generic option possible, which honestly is still a better step than just going to the gym and not doing anything or like not having a plan at all. Walking in the gym aimlessly, that's going to like, you're going to hit plateaus so much quicker than if, even if you have a generic program. Um, but one of the big things I kind of pride myself on is like understanding like how people adapt to certain stimulus. So meaning like workload, uh, just total kind of workload of a, of a workout, right? How many like exercises, sets, reps, volume, frequency throughout the week of a certain movement. Um, and then fatigue management. That's another big thing that's overlooked. Um, it's not always about just coming in and being like, I'm going to do 10 sets of 10 squat today. Cause I seen some guy did it and I'm going to try that. It's like, some whoever did that they're probably still limping around and even if they did complete it they probably have a lot of experience where maybe you might not so it's like you want to understand that you you almost you want to do almost as not it's it's always sounds like negative but you almost want to do like um the least amount that's still going to allow you to progress because what that's doing is also allowing you to manage fatigue it's going to reduce risk of like any type of setback or injury so it's going to allow for more consistent progression over a long period of time. And if you want to get to like an elite level, or if you want to reach every goal you ever write down, being able to be consistent is going to be the number one variable. Like, um, so it's just understanding more isn't always better. Less can be more even. So that's a huge thing that I kind of take into consideration with like programming clients. I have a lot of clients that'll come to me who they've already achieved like almost or some of them even like an elite level of, uh, you know, total, if you're looking at powerlifting, your squat bench, deadlift total, and they've come to me and we've actually done less and they've seen better results. 
just because the fatigue has been managed better. So before it's like they were doing more, but the, the return was less because their body just wasn't able to keep up. Whereas we pull back a little bit sometimes and they actually get more returns. So it's kind of an interesting concept sometimes for like somebody newer. They're like, ah, that doesn't make sense. Like more, if I do more, I'm going to get stronger, but it doesn't always work that way in strength training. Cause unfortunately your body needs to recover. Um, I was going to say, I wish we knew that about uh, like 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, no, for uh, sure. Definitely not something we, we talked a lot about or heard a lot about was fatigue management. So when you no. said that, I was like, I need, I need you to go in on that for a second because yeah. once again, like you said, a lot of people are going to the gym, might be starting out and they want, you see the people online and it's like, I want to look like that guy. Yeah. I got to train like that guy. I want to look like him, right? Like I want to move weight like him or her. And how do I do that? And you just keep pushing it and you start learning all these different techniques, all these different tempo ranges, right? We've been through the, the ringer with them all. Right? Oh, yeah. So now you're in the gym, not only doing your set workout, but you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So now I'm doing burnout sets, right? I'm doing supersets. I'm doing everything that you can put together, but you're not thinking about the fatigue and like how much damage you're actually doing to your body. Yep. So like, like you're saying, like, how do you, how do you get people to really just like humble themselves and be like, calm down? You know, this is a, this is a long journey. Yeah, the goal is, you know, well, for, for one, I have this same conversation with them. So I've repeated this many times. Um, and I just tell them, just trust me for a month, two months. And if you don't feel stronger, then maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But it never fails. They feel better. Um, and, you know, that's not always the case, right? Like, so there is some that are overdoing it. Then there is some that maybe aren't pushing themselves enough. So putting them on a program where they have, you know, uh, a plan laid out for each day, each week, each month, that actually shows them like, okay, here's what's in front of me. I have to execute this. Mm -hmm. Some of them, you know, and we've probably all had days like this where we go in the gym, maybe you start strong, you get some, you know, you get your bench in, you're feeling good. And then all of a sudden you run into a couple of friends, you start bullshitting and then all of a sudden 30 minutes has went by. Now you're like looking down, you're like, damn, I'm short on time. Let me just get this quick set of bicep curls in and I'm bouncing. That happens, but it, it happens less if you have a plan in front of you and you're able to be like, okay, check that off, check that off, check that off. You go down the list. Um, anyone, in my opinion, is going to be more efficient and execute better when they have a plan in front of them. So that's always a huge thing too, is like a client, they're obviously going to have the plan. That's why they hired me. But if I'm ever talking to somebody in the gym, one of the biggest things I try to tell them is, listen, if you don't have a program, it's going to make your life so much harder when you come in here. You know what I mean? It's, you, it, and that's, you know, translated into any, any area of life. Same thing with anything with the gym as far as business. I have this shit written down. I have so many notes, so many things. Like if I don't have the plan, your execution just goes down the drain. So those are the big things. It's kind of like having a plan, fatigue management, and then just consistency, which you can never get away from. So <clears throat> we always try to steal like little like gems or like nuggets from people who are skilled in their area, which is you. What cues are you using or, or what's a real highlight when it comes to the, the big three, like the benching, the squat, the deadlift, what are specific cues that you're telling your clients or, or telling people that help them move forward? Usually, um, you know, million different, million different cues, but typically the thing I want them to focus on the most or priority number one is learning how to 
use all of their strength. So, you know, in the bench press, for instance, we'll use it as an example because I think it'll probably just like translate the best if somebody's listening. Everyone looks at the bench press, right? Chest, you're working your chest, you're working your tries. You know, if you know a little bit more, you know, your shoulders are involved, but your back is also involved. Your legs are also involved. In reality, we want to turn the bench into a full body movement. Just like in the squat, your lower body, right? Everyone looks at squat as leg day. True, your legs are going to be the prime mover, but your core is heavily involved. Your back is heavily involved. Um, everything that goes into setting up under the bar, you know, is involved. So it's more so of looking at these movements as a uh, process to maximize strength. And how you're going to maximize strength is through positioning and using as much muscle as possible. So we'll just kind of get back to the bench. And when you're benching, you get set up for one, that should be like priority. Number one is maximizing your setup, meaning you're getting your upper back nice and tight. You're getting your chest up. You're setting your feet on the floor. So you have a nice stable base now from your back to your feet. And then you're going to grip the bar, unrack. And that, that's another thing is too, is just kind of making it more of a methodical um, process than just like unrack and bring the bar down and bounce it off your chest and throw it up. You want to unrack, let that weight settle. Again, maximizing stability, maximizing positioning. Now you're ready to go. Now everything is involved in the movement. You're going to be much stronger when you lower the bar and press the bar. Um, just to give like an, uh, an analogy that I'm stealing from somebody I can't remember, but one of the, one of the top powerlifter guys, it's basically like, you know, the guys who come in the gym and they're kind of doing the bro benching where they're kind of sloppily bouncing it off their chest. It's like shooting a cannon out of a canoe. If you shoot a cannon out of a canoe, that canoe is just going to tip the fuck over and like days over. Right. Whereas if you have like a nice sturdy base, you know what I mean? Or if you were jumping off of a nice stable platform compared to like something that's rocking under your feet, same, same thing. You, if you don't have stability and positioning, you're losing out on so much strength. Um, and you're obviously putting yourself at a higher risk for setbacks or injuries. So, you know, and that goes into all the movements squat. Again, we kind of touched on like setting up under the bar, getting everything locked in the deadlift, making sure you're not just walking up to the bar and trying to pull 400 pounds off the ground. You want to make sure you're getting in the position to stay efficient, bracing your core, keeping your back, you know, your spine safe by getting your upper back locked in lats engaged and then, just perform the movement efficiently. So it's more so always positioning in order to stay safe and move the most way possible. So once you maximize positioning, AKA technique, they go hand in hand. You're going to be for one, moving more weight. You're going to be safer, which is going to allow you to train longer. If you have longevity, you're again, you're going to be an outlier after so many years. So hmm. That's a good line right there. It's a good takeaway, right? Longevity well, leads to yeah. being an outlier. Yeah. My main takeaway from that is just going and basically like practicing the movement, not even looking yeah. at it as like working out, you know? Yeah. Locking it's in. Like you really take it like step by step. Are you keeping your feet flat on the bench or are you up on so, your toes? Yeah. You and I mean, and you either, you could actually do either depending on if you would want to potentially compete in powerlifting for somebody who's maybe listening. Certain federations have certain requirements. So some require you to have your feet completely flat, but most actually allow you to do either. You could have your feet flat or you could be up on your toes. Regardless, you just want to make sure wherever the, that foot position is, it's stable and consistent. 
Hmm. How many lifters uh, from Power Builder competing now? Like, do you got like a ballpark idea? I know so many of them uh, travel with probably, you. I, I, I would say there's got to be like a hundred, maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe two hundred. Honestly, dude, there's so many people in the gym with like singlets on. Do, do you guys? Yeah. <laughs> they take it serious, bro. And are you guys doing your own events yet, or is that, or is that something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we actually we started running powerlifting meets at the uh, first location somehow mm-hmm. um, they were obviously smaller, but we made it happen. And they, they, you know, it was fun because again, sometimes that smaller environment allows you to just, the energy feels like it's through the roof, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we obviously do them over at the King of Prussia location now. So um, I don't know, we've had probably four or five here. The next one coming up is in July and then there's two more later in the year. So nice. Yeah. We should talk to yeah. them off air about like merch for the spike ball tournament yeah, yeah we're or gonna, get like a banner that would be dope ha- hang in the dope. gym you play spike ball i can get you banners t-shirts yeah, yeah i haven't played i mean i might have played is that the one on like you'd usually see on the beach or yeah, yeah the little round yeah. net we're hosting a yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we have to call it round net people running around rights, like, like we're hosting a round net charity tournament through first sip nice. and uh in about a month yeah and uh, it'd be cool yeah, to yeah. Do. I'd, I'd want to represent because uh, I think you guys got a good thing going. So 100%. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Yeah. Hmm. Where yeah. is this going to be at? Elite Sports Factory yeah. in yeah. Maniunk. Okay. So, yeah. So we're using the courts. So it's going to be indoor because we don't know if it's going to rain and it'll be air conditioned because it's going to be in the middle of June, but it's June mm-hmm. 25th. Indoor turf. Uh, where the baseline is going to be 16 teams, double elimination. Uh, and all proceeds are going to a local charity, and then there's going to be a cash prize. It's, you should try to get a team together, dude. Or maybe I'll I'll get flyers drawn up for the gym. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, maybe give me some more information. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, did you have any other questions for Colin? No, nah, man. I think we went over a good amount of information. I'm excited to see what you guys got going um, for the future. Yeah. What's the? Uh, that's a good. That's a good segue. Do you have any other than tidying up the KOP location? What's the What's the end goal? Like, what is, what's the future goal for PowerBuild? Do you want to franchise it? Do you want to have another location somewhere? What's the goal or future dream? Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot, you know, I've had actually quite a bit of people reach out um, about potentially franchising Mm -hmm. other locations, stuff like that. Um, Right now, I just think it's a little too early only, only because I want to use like, now, my personal goal is to see more PowerBuild gyms out there, um, possibly just in PA to start. Um, and then who knows? You know, I mean, I, I don't like – I try not to, like, get too far ahead of myself. But obviously, you know, you always kind of think big. Um, so who knows down the road? But, yeah, I, I mean, I could see more PowerBuild gyms in a lot of bigger markets. I feel like uh, what we – do for the community as far as like just real lifters people who really want to like get after it i feel like it's i don't see really too many other people doing it the way that we do it um so i feel like we definitely have a niche and uh i feel like it can adapt again in any like bigger market so we'll see what happens with that but again yeah the, the big goal right now is finishing kop and then essentially use kop as like a blueprint for potential future locations so there we go stay tuned people yeah stay tuned Keep, pay attention so uh as we said dude we wrap up each episode with a content wreck um of okay. the week so is there any any show podcast book anything you want to recommend that you've been listening to lately using lately 
Um, let me see. I mean, there's a few good ones. Um, just trying to think, like maybe keep it keep it somewhat gym related. I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot of them um, that I think are not necessarily gym specific, but like kind of just like business oriented that you can kind of take. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of times, it's not even necessarily people who are kind of claiming to be like these business gurus. It's honestly looking at people who are doing what you are doing, but maybe at a higher level. So, you know, I know we talked about him already, but like Christian Guzman, uh, Barbell Brigade was like a big one Mm -hmm. for me when we first came up. Like they were like the OGs, like the coolest fucking gym. Like when you're talking like just a, a, a dude or like a couple, I guess, you know, making a gym out of nothing and like creating that community aspect. I feel like Barbell was like the first, um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, kind of a Gary V fan, you know what I mean? Like, if you want, like, some quick, like, quick hitting stuff that you can kind of take and be like, obviously, he's talking about something totally different, but you can always apply it to whatever, like, niche you're in. He could be talking about, like, real estate or something like that, but I'll be like, I'll take something and apply it to the gym. So marketing, I feel like, is kind of a, a general, you know, category mm-hmm. that can be again somebody could be talking about real estate you could apply it to a gym somebody could be talking about selling stickers you could apply it to a gym so yeah always just kind of looking at people who are kind of in the same realm but then also keeping my eyes and ears open to you know the gary v's who talk about everything and i just like grab a little you know like you said like a gym and i'm gonna be like all right i'm gonna apply it to like what i do so yeah those be some of the top ones. I think that's a perfect and listen example. To, uh, my, you know, our podcast, Happy Power. There you go. You know, a little plug quick. There we go. If you're interested in anything like powerlifting, but all, not, not necessarily just powerlifting, but fitness, kind of like you guys, you know, just general wellness kind of stuff. Um, we, you know, we talk about a variety of things, but obviously you'll get some insight on kind of the fitness community and different things within powerlifting, bodybuilding, all, all of the things fitness related. Yeah, I was checking out some of the clips that you guys are putting up and I love the whole setup. I love the layout of everything there. So that's dope. But also going back to what you were saying with your, um, your content rec, just about that ability to tap into other people who are, like you said, kind of like in the same industry or just doing kind of like what you want to do and trying to pull little gems from them, right? Because like Albert said before, that's exactly what we try to do with the podcast. We reach out to people who are more successful in different areas of, of different industries and say like, okay, how can we kind of, you know, pick their brains, sit down with them, see what they got going on. Right. And just build those ideas and build conversation around that. So I love that you just dropped that in. I'm a big Gary V fan. So I'm right there with you. What's your content wreck this week, bro? I might have to go last. You want to go last? Yeah. Cause you might have some words for me after I, um, and I feel like Colin might have some words for me too, but I have a, listen, I don't even know if it's a good reason why it took so long to watch it, but I'm gonna let you go first. So did I say last week that I had seen the new Dr. Strange? No. Did I talk about it? No. So I saw the new Dr. Strange. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, are, I you, wanna, are you a Marvel fan? I, yeah, I, I like I was keeping up there for a while. I think I fell off a little bit. Like I I don't know. I think I seen I think I'm caught up on like the Spider-Man's that they just recently came out with. Okay. But the Doctor Strange, I definitely I think I'm I'm definitely behind on that. Yeah, it's uh the, 
just go see it. It's definitely a movie you got to see in theaters. Um, if you're a Marvel fan, it, it was wild. A whole bunch of spoilers. Yeah, dude. And it was, um, yeah. Like that you can't give out like right now. No, I cannot. Like big parts that. It, like you, nothing in the trailer makes sense until you see the movie. Damn. Yeah. So I don't even want to say other than it was worth seeing and spending the money to sit in a theater. Um, what I will say, it is definitely the darkest movie Marvel has ever made. Really? They don't do that. Oh, some people die, die. Wow. Like, oh, like, like John Wick die. Like, they, no. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. It was uh, like, you're sitting there, you know how like in John Wick, when he's double tapping people in the head, like your jaw's like, <laughs> bro. Really? Dude, the multiverse oh, of I madness. There are some people John Wick dying that you're just like, wow. Well, we got to see that this week. Like, like um, little kids probably shouldn't sit here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was crazy. Wow. Marvel, I like that. They're, I, I've been waiting for them to make this yeah. move. Yeah, like it was cool. Like Deadpool did that stuff. Uh, yeah. but it was like funny. This yeah. wasn't funny. Like, <laughs> wasn't funny the way they were killing the people. It was cool. Playtime's over. Playtime is. Oh yeah, mm. you'll see. Man, what's yours? Speaking of playtime, Friday Night Lights. Oh wow, the show finally started it. Oh dude, good for you, bro. You remember? It had to be like ten years ago now when you guys started that at St. Joe's. Uh, I didn't, you and Jared watching it. Damn, I didn't graduate ten years ago. Wow, 20, no. When you started, like 2011, yeah. I started, and I was freshman like, year. and I was like, I can't. Every time I would walk in, I was like, I can't watch this. Too many memories. We just graduated high school, just left high school football. I'm like, I can't, right here, it's hitting me, and I can't yeah. do it. Right, so I waited ten years, bro. I'm so happy. For and you. guess what? Guess what? It's uh, still hitting me here, Colin. Nothing man. has gotten easier. I'm so happy. Nothing has you. gotten easier. What season are you on? Oh, season, I'm just about to finish season one now, so. Oh, dude. I mean, the whole cast, everybody, like, going through the whole thing, man. This Damn, is, dude. It's Texas like you're going forever. back. It's like you're going back. Wow. Oh, yeah, and that just makes, we definitely have to take a trip to Texas now. 100%. We, we'll go with go with Colin. We'll go to yeah. Alpha Land. We'll, we'll probably be going back later this year, November. Yeah. Take a whole tour. Oh, that would be nice, because it'll be cold up here. Be a we can set up, get there. Christian on. Psh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Now, that'll be an episode. Hey. Yeah, that would be real sick. All right, dude. We know we got to let you go. Uh, we know you got stuff going on at 630. Thank you so much for coming on. Anything you want to sign off with? Anything last words you want to say or anything? Um, Not really. I mean, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, appreciate yeah. the opportunity. And uh, yeah, maybe look forward to doing it again sometime. Definitely. Oh, oh, absolutely, dude. Um, So great episode. As always, we're moving forward. And as always, everyone, enjoy the first sip.